0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today.
0: Throw, that's Shepard! Sterling Shepard!
1: Inside the 30! What a comeback by the Giants! Touchdown!
0: Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grumps, Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan
1: on the cranky fans yeah <laughs> how's it going grump we got a uh, the first time in a long time we feel like we're going into a weekend where we think we can win granted we're playing against a quarterback that's you know <laughs> hasn't played since colin kaepernick was the starting quarterback in the nfl but wow, eh, hot that's okay takes.
0: The, the, hot. yeah cranky cranky fan with the uh, the fire hot takes right now
1: <laughs> it's true their last uh they the both time the, the same date was the last time both of them started an NFL game. Hmm.
0: I will say, of all the backup quarterbacks they've faced this year, um, Mark Sanchez probably is the most underrated. I, I I truly don't think he's that bad. No. No. Um,
1: I think it's it's. It's actually pretty unfortunate that he had to be in a Rex uh,
0: Ryan-led
1: team where, you know, he had all the pieces around him, a great defense, a good running game, um, a pretty decent offensive line. But, you know, we've seen it time and time again where a defensive coordinator comes in and becomes a head coach, whether it's in college or the NFL, and just worries all about the defense. That's it. And you could see his progression become regression over his, you know, third, fourth, fifth year at the Jets.
0: Oh yeah. And then the splitting reps with Tim Tebow thing is just probably the worst thing for a quarterback and his confidence. And
1: sure, you sure. Know, can't they even, had, even get they a no, rhythm. They had no business bringing him in onto that team at that time. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, I think the reason he hasn't succeeded since then is that he's just bumped around from team to team, never really got in a situation where he could thrive or, you know, get a second chance.
1: Yeah. Um, but get onto that you get on to that uh that carousel of being, you know, the great backup quarterback that you never have to worry about. You know, he does his business and need him to come in, in a pinch. So now he's gonna have his opportunity.
0: Well, for all intents and purposes, I don't know that he's that, seeing as that he was behind both Alex Smith and Colt McCoy.
1: That's true. Good point. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know, I don't think that we're going to see the better Mark Sanchez on Sunday, one o'clock at FedEx Field against the four and eight New York Giants. Um mainly because I don't think he's really had enough time. I mean, I think Jay Gruden's system is actually good for him. Um he's a mobile guy. I mean, he doesn't really run as much as Alex Smith, but he can move around, he throws pretty accurately in the short and intermediate range. You know, I think that the system might be right for him, but I don't think he's had enough practice in it with the starters. So
1: Yeah. And how old is he? I mean, he's not as old as you think he is.
0: I think he was drafted in 2009. Does that sound right to you?
1: Uh, yeah, that sounds right. 10 and 11 were his two conference championship years. So, okay, so he's... He's almost 30. Okay. I mean,
0: you he's think not about young. It, I like
1: him. Yeah, he's not young, but he's also not a guy who's like 36. Who's like a, he's not a Trent Green who's like who's still in the league like
0: guys like that so hmm. yeah i don't know um you know in related news not so much uh giants related but in redskins and uh mark sanchez related uh it seems that there are some serious com- uh complications with alex smith's leg injury to the point where uh, he's i guess i guess it leaked because i think his family did not want Any information to get out, but somehow I'm sure Adam Schefter paid a nurse or something somewhere to get the information that he's had an infection that required multiple surgeries. You know, Um,
1: there's been between him and Mackenzie Milton from UCF; those are two frightening injuries that it kind of went radio silence. And you know, in this day and age, we move on to the next story so fast you forget about them. But you know, we haven't heard good news from either side yet, and usually you see something. And that's kinda of worrisome, so
0: Yeah, I mean I, I said it when I saw it, you know, given his age, his skill set, and how devastating of an injury that is, I truly think that's a career ender for him, and it's a shame because you know it's it's a shame no matter how good or bad a player is, how good a guy is, you know.
1: But he's a guy he's older than you think he is. I mean remember, he was the number one pick in the draft back when Urban Meyer was coaching at Utah. So it's interesting within a period of what three days Alex Smith and urban Meyer's careers end
0: oh urban Meyer's career's not over,
1: <laughs> well, we hope so, but you never know <laughs> um
0: I'm sure the Michigan job will open up soon or you know maybe he'll he he's he's worn out his welcome in the SEC and the Big Ten, so you know maybe he can go back to the pack mm-hmm. The biggest news that we should probably get to right away instead of yammering on and on is that <laughs> this podcast is available for you on iTunes and SoundCloud.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I thought we were going somewhere else.
0: Yeah, but... no. This this is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can subscribe there. And we uh,
1: talk to ourselves?
0: <laughs> um, and when you subscribe there, it, it's just going to be on your uh, – on your phone or whatever right in the morning when you were driving to work so you can listen to us uh, talk about our podcast, which is also available on iTunes and SoundCloud. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but seriously, uh, Landon Collins was placed on IR, and that that is um, for it's him
1: probably – It's franchise changing Yeah. potentially.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, for him, is that the best decision? Probably.
1: Oh absolutely he has a lot of money to be made this offseason the season's over yeah he has to worry about the future it's no different than a a college senior who's not going to play in the bowl game for risking injury because he has to worry about his future
0: yeah of course okay so you know just so that we're on the same page that you know i think it's good that he's doing what's best for him get surgery get your body right it's not even necessarily just the money get your body right don't risk injuring yourself permanently You know, even if it's something like chronic pain,
1: what's up? What's the alternative? Well, I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, he could, I don't know that it was necessarily, I think it was up to him, really. It was one, I think it was something he could have played through. I don't know that surgery was the only option. I believe it was just an option.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm quite certain he didn't have one opinion that said, you probably should have surgery, and he's like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm sure he had multiple diagnoses and uh you know, he made the right he made the best call that was best for him, but I again, you know, in two months he's a free agent. And he's gonna be making a significant a lot more money than he is right now. Enough to really change his life forever. And there's no reason to risk that. And especially now they're only talking early December. It's an extra, you know, month of time to prepare.
0: Yeah, so that puts the Giants in a bind because now we're, we're entering a situation where you and I were talking about potentially seeing a secondary without Janoris Jenkins, right? hmm
1: Now
0: Absolutely. what do you do?
1: I, I think, <laughs> well, I don't think you make panic moves because of a short-term major problem. I, I don't think you bring back Janoris Jenkins just because Landon Collins, even if he comes back, may not be ready to start the season or is not 100% when the season starts. I think if you have a long-term plan of how you're going to rebuild this franchise, you move forward with that plan and you absorb the short-term hits. If they think that Janoris Jenkins is not worth whatever – was it $12 million he's getting next year? And they think that he's too up and down or, or whatever – I, I, it doesn't matter what Landon Collins' situation is; they are not going to bring him back, especially at that money. So, bad franchises make panic moves to, you know, for situations like this, and I don't think the Giants will do that.
0: Now we're we're talking about a potential scenario where the Giants are maybe outbid for Landon Collins as well. Um, I mean, what what are the chances now that the Giants aren't? able or willing to pony up the money to keep a guy like Landon Collins?
1: Well, we're talking about pre-injury Landon Collins. Yes. Which is a a different animal than post-injury Landon Collins. If they think Landon Collins will be 100% healthy in the near future, I'm not saying July 1st, I'm not saying October 1st, I'm not saying November 1st next year, you proceed as planned. If you think that he will never be the same as what he was, he's no longer you know an above average safety then you you set a limit for how much you spend for him if you get out bid well, then you have to go into the you know into the draft or free agency i mean it's it's unfortunate the the hit by the bus scenario is possible. you could have drafted Jesus Christ as your quarterback last year, and if you got hit by a bus, you still have no quarterback so, so-
0: So you think that, and and I'm just trying to clarify, you think that the Giants have an off-season plan, a long-term plan, let's say, where they've already thought about this, and I agree with you. They've already considered what Landon Collins is, isn't, what he's worth, what they're willing to spend, correct? Absolutely. Okay. And, you know, so your take is, and, and by all accounts, I believe that this is just a shoulder issue. It's not something that's going to alter his playing ability. Um, that's that's what I know of right now. This is all still very fresh news. He was right. injured in the game. He was placed on IR today, Thursday. You know, The only thing that was clear was that he was injured enough where he was not going to play on Sunday until today. So we don't really know the nature even of the injury as far as I know other than the location. Um, so you think that they are just going to pro- – or, or your your idea is proceed as you had planned because you assume he's going to be the same player that he was before after this injury. Uh,
1: if the diagnosis they got that he's going to get surgery and be 100%, yes. Yeah. I don't know that. Uh, well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that he's going for the surgery now because he will be 100%. If it's something well. You could just kind of play through it like uh, Masahori Tanaka did with the Yankees, and he didn't go for Tommy John surgery. He thought he could pitch through it, and maybe it'd be better. That's one thing. I think he decided to shut it down now to get himself back to 100%. I think that was one of the selling points of going for surgery. So I think the Giants think he will be 100%. It it worries me a bit as a fan. Well, what if he's not? and that's okay. why I get a little nervous if we're going to still offer that same contract we would have before.
0: Well, do you think that that contract would have been high? I mean, what are we talking here? What do we think that Landon Collins is?
1: I think Landon Collins would have been paid probably the top four safeties. Okay. Again, as we remember from our conversations about in the offseason about offensive linemen what they're paid is not necessarily what they are in terms of ranking of the best to the worst. Right. So what do I think he'd be paid? I think if if there was no injury, I think he'd be paid somewhere in the top four, three to five-ish range for safeties. So... It would not be the highest paid safety.
0: Okay, but by your standards then, he would qualify for a legitimate use of the franchise tag
1: yes in fact i was actually leading up to that okay where that would have been nice my, my my personal solution would be franchise him for one year he'd be been that roughly that same pay grade for one season and let's see him get back to 100 now see 100 yeah
0: yeah I, i'm with you um I'm not sure that he... So, it, it, it's funny. I look at the names of the top five guys, and I think that he's better than most of them. Um, And then... I realize that a lot of them are paid a lot of money. And I'm not sure that most of them are deserving of that money.
1: <laughs> um, mm-hmm. well, well, deserving is irrelevant.
0: I, I understand that. But, you know, we're still trying to rebuild a franchise here. We have some big bloated contracts. Some guys are definitely going to have to go. Um. If I'm crunching these numbers right, the franchise tag, for people who don't know, um, is a tag that the team uses wherein they pay him an average of the top five salaries at that position uh, for a one-year contract. And I believe that it's the top five salaries for that year only yes and it's the and, salary cap
1: correct and you could do it two more years but it becomes i believe like the top three and the top two or something
0: which i don't think like, has ever really happened
1: cousins did it twice and then yeah, the third yeah. time they didn't do it
0: yeah which was silly um
1: that saved them money
0: <laughs> yeah um so so here are the top five salaries it's they they belong to, in 2019, Rashad Jones of the Dolphins, Eric Berry of the Chiefs, Devin McCourty of the Patriots, Cam Chancellor of the Seahawks, who I, I don't know if he counts because he retired.
1: I think he got the contract. I, mean, I think it's what the... Yeah, I think it counts. Okay. I mean, that's what the contract was. He, he retired, he didn't take it, but that's what was offered. I mean, it's, it's not the The rest of the league shouldn't suffer because he retired.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and then Tony Jefferson of the Ravens, so that would put an average salary for those five for 2019 is 14.5 million, roughly. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of
1: cashish. Uh, that's a lot of dough. That's when you have a quarterback who's gonna be making what 19 million and a wide receiver making how much?
0: Like a bajillion dollars, and I think mm-hmm. that really what you might end up be seeing here i mean you know you're convinced that there's a long-term plan and i think you might actually be right uh but there is i think at least a chance that you're just deciding at this point between janoris jenkins and landon collins i mean
1: i I think they're just two different situations though well not i don't don't think think so
0: if you're if you're considering the tag now, if you're going to give Landon Collins a deal where you you think he's a great player, he's probably top five at his position, he's young, let's give him a long-term deal. That's one thing. I think it's another where you're like, we're not sold on him because of the nature of his injury. Don't know if we can pay him. Let's do the franchise tag. you know, And then you get rid of a guy like Janoris Jenkins who – You know, is probably at this point a short-term solution. So now you just have two short-term solutions. It's almost like you're just gathering your troops for one shot at the Super Bowl. And I don't know that this franchise is there. I certainly don't think so.
1: But can't you get a short-term solution at corner for a hell of a lot cheaper than what? And try to use those assets for something else.
0: Yes, yes, you can. That's what I'm saying. You can. I'm just saying if you decide to do the short-term solution at corner. I think you should be doing the long-term solution at safety, not the franchise tag.
1: Yeah, but then again, if you're spending, if, if you're going to sign him to five years and, you know, 80-something million, and it turns out he's never, not what he was. You're paying for something, you know, a corpse. I, I use that term very, a little tongue-in-cheeky, but, you know, if you're paying for 85% of Landon Collins, if he never comes back to what he was, that's, that's a, quite a gamble. Well, I guess,
0: I do suppose money would be coming off the books. I mean, you and I are not sold that Eli Manning is gone next year. Uh, we both think that he'll be back, right?
1: We have both stated on this podcast that he will be the starting quarterback in 2019.
0: But 2020? Do we think he'll be back in 2020?
1: It was the last year of his contracts next year.
0: Right? I, I'm, I'm, yes, I, I believe so, but I'm just...
1: You will not be the, you will not be the starting quarterback in 2020. They will not resign him. so
0: so perhaps so perhaps the franchise tag if used legitimately to work out a long-term deal maybe in the middle of next season is a good idea because you'll have that fat contract off the books and I think I think at this point we all know Olivier Vernon is off the books for next year
1: he will not be back next year I don't think yeah
0: um, I, I I don't think he thinks he's coming back next year
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um, yeah so I, I I guess that really would be the plan is to franchise tag Landon Collins, assuming that the diagnosis is that he will be 100% or close to 100%, you know, I guess I guess 100% recovered, not affecting his long-term ability, um, is, you know, let Janoris Jenkins and Olivier Vernon go, franchise tag him, and then get him a long-term deal for 2020.
1: Yeah. Also, what is the situation with the rest of the uh, with the league? With, with are any of those top five contracts going off the books, where the, the number might be a little less?
0: No, I'm looking at the 2019 salaries. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, now, what I think is also interesting and really important is uh, the Giants took a um, an undrafted free agent from Temple, who they were very high on. It was a Strong safety. Sean Chandler. They were impressed with him enough to give give him a roster stop. I don't think he ever made it to the practice squad. I think he was legitimately on the roster since the cutdown day. I could be wrong about that, but I'm I'm almost positive. Uh and he's played he played significant snaps on special teams and then, you know, last week came in and spelled Collins when he went out. Um and you know, would get spots here and there. I would think that going forward we're going to be looking at a safety tandem of Chandler and Riley with Michael Thomas sprinkled in maybe a little bit more than usual. Um, a lot, I think, might depend on how well Sean Chandler plays. I mean, if he turns out to be a star, and it could very well be, that might alter the plan, too.
1: He'd have to be a play like a star and not just a capable fill-in. They have to see something really extraordinary out of him, I think. If it's someone who's just like, he can play the position, I don't know if it alters the plan, but if he comes in and he's like, wow, who's this guy? That might do it. Because, again, we're not, we're not expecting that Landon Collins' career is over, or he's going to no. become a mere mortal after this. We're no, just no, saying- no. I,
0: I, think, I think even before the injury, I, were we a little bit tepid on giving Landon Collins a big deal anyway?
1: I thought we were I thought it was a kind of a done deal. you think so i I thought it was one of those things like how are we going to make it fit? like that was one of the things worrying about with the Odell Beckham contract was like don't forget next year we have to pay Landon Collins mm. yeah, so that was always in the back of my mind is like you know the next hammer to fall, but
0: yeah, I guess you're right. so all in all we 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 think that Landon Collins gets a franchise tag, and then they use that time to work out a long-term deal for him. Yes. Um. I do think that Sean Chandler is going to open some eyes, and perhaps Giants Twitter will be calling for him to be replacing Curtis Riley. Um. <laughs> I do think that he's flown a little bit under the radar. I think he's one of those guys that, if given the opportunity, can really do well. And I mean, he recovered a fumble on Sunday. In the in the, the few defensive snaps he had, he recovered a fumble. hmm It's mm-hmm. something.
1: It's having your nose around the ball. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, But speaking of injuries, I think Washington of 2018 might be the 2017 New York Giants all over again. Their offensive line has more guys on IR than, uh, I think, any other team's position group in the league.
1: (laughs) If I didn't hate them so much, I'd feel bad for them because the division was was theirs for the taking Mm -hmm. three weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, it was like parting the Red Sea for him to go, and now, you know, they could very easily come in last.
0: It could happen. I mean, with, with I, part of the reason why Colt McCoy is injured, as well as Alex Smith, is because there are five offensive guards on IR. <laughs> God. I mean, that's that's outstandingly insane. Um, yeah. It, it's it.
1: That's worse than us last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty terrible. I mean, one of the things that got them through the season was, you know, being able to run the ball and play good defense. Now, you know, I'm not really sure where Adrian Peterson is planning to run, but I don't think it's going to be up the middle. No. Um, you know, and of course, you know, Jordan Reed, of course, is on the injury report for this week maybe he plays maybe he doesn't what else is new
1: I think he's been in sharpie in the injury report for the last six years yeah another guy who just can't stay healthy
0: um Jamison Crowder I believe was limited this week in practice too I mean we're, I'm just now I'm naming every single player on offense for them <laughs>
1: uh, you know what that means grump yeah they're gonna score 35 points yeah, right <laughs> um
0: but yeah, I mean, that really leaves Adrian Peterson and uh, what's his face, the wide receiver, Josh Doxson as like the only skill players really hanging around for offense. So if the Giants want to win this game, and they do.
1: I think they've proven in the last couple of weeks that they do. Yeah. I mean, they could have very easily folded the tents. I mean, I think it was just incompetence last week over the any type of uh, tanking effort, which we possibly suspected in the Atlanta game. But they tried to win that game last week,
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean i th- I think uh a lot of it too, is they're playing a very good defense. I was surprised by how many points it, i mean thirty points uh sorry twenty three points on offense against the number one defense is uh impressive for them
1: yeah, I mean, when the benchmark has been they haven't scored thirty points since two thousand and you know whatever it was, and they get you scored twenty three against the best defense in the league. I mean, if you just want to go back and look at game film, go back to game film of, like, week two. Go back and watch the Dallas game. I, I don't think you could watch. pay me to. Yeah, I mean, just, but just, like, look at the All-22 and just look at the offensive line. Look at, you know, look at Eli. I mean, look at everything. And now just look at, you know, the All-22 from, from Sunday. And just, there is a lot of improvement. Now, we're not saying we're improved to being a playoff contender. We're not saying we're a conference champ. We're just saying the overall improvement from you know crapola to you know just eh. well and let's be very honest we're four and eight we are two medias long to ridiculously long field goals from going to overtime and potentially being six and six yeah and all of a sudden you know you're right there in the conversation with everything
0: yeah yeah in this division yeah and Let's let's be frank about something. In week two, at the end of week two, the Giants were the worst team in football. On film. Yes. This week, week fourteen, even at four and eight, I, I think the Giants are in the bottom ten.
1: Yeah. We're not even the worst team who plays in that stadium anymore. Oh
0: <laughs> anymore. That that kinda hurt me a little bit.
1: Well, we were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a. Yeah. That's a fact.
0: Yeah, and you know that that really is signs of things changing. I mean, yes, also some backup quarterbacks, but there is legitimate good film on there. I mean, backup quarterbacks doesn't change the fact. Playing against backup quarterbacks really doesn't change the fact that our offense looks better. Yeah. Um,
1: you still have to block. You still have to run the ball. You still have to convert on third down. You still have to kick. You know, when a 56-yard field goal presents itself, you still have to punt. You still have to do. You still have to coach. You know, be smart. Use your timeouts properly. You still have to recover onside kicks. All these different things still have to happen, yeah. regardless of who your quarterback is.
0: I really think that. I think the Giants win this game. I don't think it's as explosive as people are thinking. Um, I think it's actually kind of one of those boring games where the Giants are in control right away. But they're not so much in control with so many big plays that it's exciting to watch. Um, I think Washington just kind of hangs around about two scores back for most of it. I think the Giants win 27-13. I think they do it mostly by exploiting an absolutely decimated offensive line, which slows down Adrian Peterson, and they smack Mark Sanchez around and keep their defense, the Washington defense, on the field for long enough where they get exhausted and the Giants are just able to put up points. I don't think it's anything like we're going to see that we, that we saw last Sunday against the Bears with trick plays going for 45 yards or whatever that pass was and stuff like that.
1: Grump, I'd like to be as optimistic as you are. Um, I just don't think the Giants yet are good enough to kind of assume they're going to beat teams at approximately the same talent level or even slightly worse, especially on the road. Um, I want to see a very consistent pass rush and a domination of the offensive line. I am not ready to say I am sure it's going to happen at this point. Um, something tells me that all the things that seem obvious for this game, something scary about it. And I know we've had a lot of success in Washington. We've, some of the best games of the year we played in Washington. I mean, what was that one game? Uh it was that tight end who had like three touchdowns? It was a Thursday night game.
0: Larry Donnell. Larry Donnell. <clears throat> that was his breakout game.
1: That was it absolutely was his breakout game. Um,
0: I think there was there was a night when Beckham had three touchdowns in Washington also.
1: Yeah. So I mean it has been a, I, I was there the best fight I've ever seen in the stands. <laughs> It was, I'll tell you when it was, you know, right now as we're honoring the late uh, George H.W. Bush, it was the weekend that Ford died, and we were in Washington, it was like the last weekend of the year, and we played there like on a Saturday night or, or Sunday night, and this Redskin fan and Giant fan beamed the shit out of each other, rolling down rows and rows of seats, it was, a, it was quite a scene. What that has to do about Sunday is absolutely nothing, but
0: I I still uh, enjoyed listening to it.
1: It was fantastic. I mean, I was just like one of those. I just wish that someone had videotaped it and I can watch it on Barstool or something because that's why we have Barstool. Yeah. I, I digress even further. <laughs> I I I'm just not ready to say that the Giants will win games like this. I just have a feeling there's one more turd in the in the uh, in the bowl this year, and I think it's going to happen this week. I think we are going to lose something—a low-scoring game, something like 16-10, where our offense just can't get anything going for whatever reason. Weather is supposed to be okay. That snowstorm is not going to impact. It's going to be cold, but I'll say very- I'll say this:
0: whether or not that is the worst turf I think in the NFL. In fact, I think it's almost criminal. Like the NFL should set some sort of better standards, because I've seen. Every game I've seen it's on that ridiculous. field after October is, like, disgusting.
1: It's ridiculous because unlike Tampa Bay, unlike Pittsburgh, unlike Los Angeles, they don't share that with a college team. So it's not like they're playing, you know, 15, 16 games a year where it's beaten the shreds. They might have one non-conference game, like a, you know, Kickoff Classic in in August, but there's no reason why. And you're right. It's that and Pittsburgh are terrible. Mm-hmm. Those two fields, and then the weather. You know, gets kind of crappy down there, and it's always hard as a rock. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I I wish I had more of a fuzzy feeling about this. I guess you know. Every time something happens, like you win yesterday or last week, and everyone's like, "Well, we're still only three back with four weeks to go," I kind of put up my little uh. My bullshit detector goes off. Like, guys, we're not that good. Maybe this is a bit of an overreaction <laughs> to that. But again, I, I see us losing something like 16 to 10 in one of those, you know, we haven't had that loss this year. It's just like inexcusable. I mean, we looked really bad against Dallas, but there hasn't been that one game where we, you lose to Detroit or you lose to the old Arizona Cardinals or you lose to someone. It's like. No business losing that game, and this kind of feels like that's the game to me.
0: I mean, it, it certainly could be. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, I think a lot of points are scored more at the end of the game. I think they have to wear down Washington's defense to really, you know, start putting stuff up. But
1: let me ask you something, Grump. Keys to the game: Are we going to see a, a more heavier dose of Saquon Barkley running the ball? And or swing passes to Barkley, maybe we've seen the last couple of weeks. We saw a little more last week, but you know, in a game where I think time of possession will be important to wear them down, you, you think we'll go to more of a conservative, you know, pound the ball type of. Uh, it's hard to believe we're actually saying this with our offensive line, but what, what do you think?
0: Um, what I think we'll do and what I think we should do might be two different things. I think ideally. You'd want to wear this defense out by using runs to Barkley that stretch left and right, maybe a little bit, get them winded, and then and you know screen passes, little checkdowns, bubbles, things like that, and then at the end of the game, you know, towards the end of the game, late third quarter, start running it up the gut against an exhausted defense. That's what I would do. Um, I'm not a coach. And also I'm not the Giants. They have never once done a game plan that I expected really. Um, <laughs> I think that they I think that maybe they just do exactly as you said. They try to run a lot more with Barkley. I certainly wouldn't want to test this secondary of all things to test, you know. I think they try to hit the middle of the defense pretty hard. Try and stay away from guys like Ryan Kerrigan, trying to hit the the spot vacated by Zach Brown, who I believe is on IR or at least out.
1: Um, you know we haven't mentioned once in this uh, broadcast
0: Josh Norman
1: the Beckham Josh Norman nonsense or even also the fact that Beckham owns Josh Norman
0: I mean people don't like really hearing it but the the one-on-one competition of the two of them isn't even close
1: no I mean that's something that that is in our back pocket if you know the Barkley runs the Barkley swings the Barkley wides sets that up
0: yeah I think so and I think that's more an Eli thing, in this case, than a Pat Shermer thing to kind of be on the lookout for a double move or something like that.
1: Um. Well, but I always collectively say, the game plan and play calling. Again, I always lump in the quarterback with the coach because it's not, pure it's never every single play is is you know called in from the bench, and that's what they're executing. The, the quarterback has you know, some check down pick capability and a guy like Eli probably is more than a lot of quarterbacks do. So, well, I think there's
0: also some adjustment on the sidelines based on what Eli sees too.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, you're certainly right. I think it does set that up. I think that might become available. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have the greatest feeling about this. I just think that this is one of the ones where I I find it hard to believe that Washington's able to put up a lot of points.
1: You know something on the Just Bears podcast, you know the uh, the Bears Grump and the uh, the cranky Bear last week were talking and saying there's no way the Giants are going to put up 27 points against our defense. I'm not
0: talking about talent. I'm talking about how many backups are up there. Uh, it, it's not about you know when the Bears were playing against the Giants. They weren't looking at a backup quarterback. Playing for the first time, really one and a half games he'll have. Yeah,
1: you know, that's true. That's I mean, true. that's
0: that's really what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at just the talent level of these guys. I mean, I, we started the broadcast by saying I think Mark Sanchez is more talented than most of the backups in the league, but given the fact that I don't think he's really practiced with the ones until this past week, I I, I just I find it hard to believe that they're. I, I'm picturing things like false starts, you know, you know. Sure. holding penalties because he's kind of scrambling different than the offensive line he's used to, you know, not calling out protections where he's getting free rushers at him. That's that's what I mean. I, I'm picturing kind of what we saw with Chase Daniel where the snaps were all over the place.
1: Yeah, and let's be honest and let's be fair. We did call this out last week. A lot of those penalties were going against us last week and last couple yeah. weeks as well. Yeah. So that could be a potential offset. I don't know. I just – uh. I just got a feeling that that turd in the basket's happening this week. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. i need like to come back up here on Monday and be like, I was wrong, guys, but I'm going to stick with my 16-10 loss.
0: That's fine. Uh, Dallas and Philadelphia, who wins that game?
1: You know, (laughs) everybody, I think, is ready to uh, buy their their Super Bowl tickets for Dallas. Let's see all the Dallas uh, bandwagon fans, but... I think Philly's going to win. That's interesting. I think Philly's. I think Philly's going to make that one last push. There's four weeks left. Um. I I, I think they're going to make their move finally. I think. Uh, again, this league is so unpredictable right now. Nothing surprises me. Dallas is not as good as you know they think they are, or you know some of the media thinks they are. Just because they're leading this crappy division doesn't mean they're really any good. Um. Philly's defensive line will give problems to Dallas. I, I think I think Philly wins. It low scoring. It's
0: interesting. I'm not. I wasn't really sure where to go with it um, because I think they're actually, I think Philly is better, but they're pretty close to being equally matched. But I just because it's in Dallas and because Philly has been playing badly, I just said that Dallas is going to win, but it really could flip flop, and I wouldn't know the difference.
1: Well, two things. I think Philly played a lot better last week. And they had been playing. And just because the game is Dallas doesn't really mean much of anything. You know, we've, we've talked about this on this show before, how their home field advantage isn't that great. No, but
0: it's not in Philly, really, is what I was saying.
1: That's true, yeah. I don't know. That, we, have, that, we have two divisional games, so that's that's our East uh, preview. Yeah, that, that, by
0: that's our NFC East Roundup. And that's that's pretty much this episode, so... You know, be sure between now, Friday morning when you're listening to this and uh you know, the end of the game Sunday, you follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump where I will, you know, supplement all this with news as it comes, you know, changes in uh actives, inactives. We, we I we didn't even talk about Kyle Aletta, I think it's out of the question, right?
1: Uh, not yet. I mean I think his time will come, we'll get a couple series, right. but not yet. Yeah. They're not gonna do it you mentioned the crappy turf in washington that's not gonna i'm not gonna bring him in for that
0: yeah i I agree with you but you know should anything come up i'm i'm a decent follow i try to be as quick as i can
1: (laughs) quite a humble guy too uh
0: and uh again always if you follow me on twitter i'm easy to interact with you can get my opinions on very specific things i can clarify things i've said on this show or um i can you can watch me make fun of people who i think are stupid (laughs)
1: there's a lot of options and a lot of targets
0: oh yeah
1: (laughs) catch me as always on twitter at the cranky fan there's a lot to talk about this time of year i'm still we're still discussing uh florida football on my companion podcast mark and the cranky fan we're discussing uh the college football playoff we're discussing um florida playing michigan so if you want a, a break from the monotony of Giants football you want to check out something else, go check out that podcast. You can find both of them on iTunes and SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. If you could uh, subscribe and download to both, we'd really appreciate it. Leave a five-star review and a nice rating. Uh, The more ratings and reviews we get, the more Giant fans we get to talk to. So we have a lot of people who tell us we're nuts. We have a lot of people who say we're great. So we like the silent majority who just ignores us. So you guys can say hi also if you want.
0: Absolutely, and all of our episodes are also bumped on Twitter in case you aren't subscribed for some reason, um, if you follow, oh, Come on for
1: God's sake, <laughs> you're not. I mean, if you're gonna really every friggin week go to iTunes and hit download or just just subscribe already. We're tired of telling you this.
0: <laughs> yeah. but you can also follow us on Twitter at just Giants Pod. All episodes are bumped there.
1: I actually made a real effort this Monday morning to have the show up before you kids got in your cars or on your subways. So I will make sure again tomorrow morning to have it up before you will wait.
0: All right, everyone. See you in the morning. Go
1: Giants. Go Giants.